Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Joe O Show on 670 The Score. Here's Levine creating. Levine on a crossover. Top side three. Got it! Levine with a pump. Brings it out against Tucker. Wants to go after P.J. Tucker on the dribble. Couple of the crossovers. Comes up shooting. And a three. Bam! A big splash. Zach Levine. Back-to-back checks. Sato jump pass to Levine. Puts it in. Count it. And a foul and a Zach attack. To the rack, he has scored the Bulls last 10 points. Totally 100% behind and endorse, you know, Zach, because in my, in my my feeling is he's playing at an all-star level. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Right. And as a guy that's very deserving to be in the game. You take Zach Levine off this Bulls team, they will be at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, and I mean lottery. <laughs> Why do I also have a sigh of relief going on? Thanks to the news that we are getting officially on TV right now. Zach Levine, he's an all-star, folks. If you're just jumping in your car into the workday, hoping to figure out right now, did he make it? Yes. Yes. He is in. Uh, just waiting for the final call, the official call on TNT right now. Broadcasting from the Score Hyundai Studios, presented by our local Hyundai dealers. I'm Joe Ostrowski. Welcome in. I'm going to be here till 10 o'clock, so a lot of time to hang out and talk about all-star Zach Levine. Uh, we'll be uh, checking in with a bunch of special guests from throughout the evening. Cody Westerland will check in after he talks to Zach, gets uh, some of his work done for 670thescore.com. Also some other bull surprises throughout the evening, so don't go anywhere. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will be here. He's a big Bears fan. He used to work at Over the Cap, so he understands the Bears cap situation more than most, and uh, he's going to dumb it down and explain to us what exactly is going on and what the Bears are going to do with Allen Robinson. It started today. Today was cap day. Now, we'll find out. They have two weeks to see if uh, to make their official call, even though we probably know exactly what they're going to do. They haven't talked contract with A-Rob's people since back in September. And uh, terrible news, Tiger Woods today. Uh, with a car accident early this morning out in California. We ha- we haven't received an update on his condition. His people didn't want to share that for right now. But what we do know is he's in stable condition, serious injuries, not life-threatening. That's what we know so far. 
And uh, the press conference, I was watching it about an hour ago, uh, we did also learn from those that were on the scene that the seatbelt saved his life. So make sure, as always, that you guys are wearing your seatbelt. Let's talk about Zach Levine. Uh, phone lines are open. The score listener line, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767 is how you call or you text. Brandon Fryer will get you on the air. He's producing in our downtown studios. A lot of different ideas from many of us on what it takes to be an all-star. What is the real criteria? And I think a lot of us don't really know. Team success seems to be overrated to me, don't you think? When you're splitting hairs and we're talking about MVP, I understand why it comes into the conversation. Most of the time, top three, four, five record usually will be the MVP, which right now, which I don't think Nikola Jokic is going to win it because they're just barely above 500 in Denver. So I don't think his team's good enough. I think we certainly overrate team success. And thinking about the show today and what news we were going to get on Levine, I already set myself up for disappointment that he wasn't going to make it. Now, the Eastern Conference is top-heavy. We all know that if you're paying attention at all. You've got Brooklyn as the best team, maybe not the best record, but the best team especially after winning their last six games and sweeping a five-game road trip, oh, by the way, without Kevin Durant. And the other teams that could make a run at the title, of course you have Milwaukee, even though their defense is having some issues right now, but they're playing without Drew Holiday. And then there's Philadelphia. So that's the top tier or two, however you want to look at it. And then there's a bunch of teams that are going to be in the playoffs. And the way the Bulls are playing right now, They're probably in that group, and they are nowhere close to that level if they don't have Zach Levine on the team. The biggest case for Levine last year we kept hearing to make the All-Star game was, well, the game's in Chicago, so of course they're going to put him in. The game's in Chicago, the game's in Chicago. Well, that shouldn't be the top few reasons that you make an All-Star team. That shouldn't be it. Didn't he leave no doubt this year? Certainly feels that way in year seven of his career, the way he's been playing. And the reason I was a little concerned was because it's how it always works in the NBA. You have your established superstars. Those 10 starters already announced. And they're going to do the thing again, which which I think is pretty cool. They're going to have the draft on March 4th, and it's going to be Team Durant and Team LeBron. So Lucas, Steph, LeBron, Jokic. Kawhi, Embiid, Giannis, KD, uh, Beal, and Kyrie, they're all locked in superstars. They're in. They're in. And they're going to be participating in this game for many, many years to come. So it's about that next level. Those younger guys, very talented, maybe not on the best teams, but maybe one day some of them will be starters in the All-Star game. And once you start looking at the list, outside of those 10 players... I was starting to worry. I, I don't know that Zach Levine is going to be one of the five in the East. Is he really going to be one of these reserves? Well, he is. It's rather six, I should say. So you've got Levine. I was worried about one of the Celtics guards snubbing him. Well, 
both Celtics guards got in, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. How about the Knicks big? If it came down to that wild card spot, Julius Randle. Is he throwing up like 23 and 11 every night? Well, he's in two. Vucevic and Ben Simmons, along with Zach Levine, all in. So an interesting part of the conversation also is the coaches voted on this. This is not media fans driven or the players. This is on the coaches. So the coaches are telling you that Zach Levine's an all-star. The coaches are telling you he's probably a top 20 player in the NBA. That's noteworthy. And the guys that did not make it, that the coaches felt not on Levine's level. So players that we consider superstars, Trey Young, Fred Van Vliet, Colin Sexton has taken a, a big leap forward this year for the Cleveland Cavaliers. How about over in the West? I don't think Booker made it. He's phenomenal. He's missed some time, but when he's out there, boy, is he special. Kyle Lowry, a guy that might be traded near the deadline from Toronto. Levine made it ahead of him. For big, so big congrats to Zach Levine. Terrific news. I was worried that he was going to be snubbed. I was just looking for the reasons. But he left no doubt with the way he's played over the last couple of weeks. If you'd like to discuss that, phone lines are open 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Has Levine changed your opinion? You're allowed to do that. I know there are a lot of talking heads out there. Some people have TV shows. You have a hot take, and you must hold on to that take for the rest of your life. That ain't how it is. That's not reality. That's not how organizations work. Sometimes players force your hand. Management is wrong about players, even in their own locker room. Ryan Pace was wrong about Kyle Fuller. Then he had to pay the piper when he proved that he is worth a big contract. It happens all the time. And I like how Bulls management is just sitting chilly. We're just going to sit back and relax, and we're going to take in all the intel. Everybody has a clean slate. Let's see what you do. We, outside of what Billy Donovan has to say, do we even know have any real opinions? Do we know what the front office is thinking? Outside of really liking Patrick Williams? No, we don't. We really don't. Which is another thing that makes uh, this season so fascinating. But Zach Levine forced their hand. And I'm wondering, for you guys, as a Bulls fan, has he forced your hand? Has he changed your opinion? Do you want to build around Zach Levine? And maybe you didn't feel that way a year ago. 312-644-6767. I'm throw some numbers at you. Hopefully I don't you lose you completely. Uh, StatMuse put this out there on Twitter the other day. Fascinating. Two players in NBA history for an entire season have averaged 28-5-5 with 50-40-80 shooting splits. Two players. It's tough to do 28-5-5 five five for an entire season. The list is Steph Curry and Larry Bird. Zach Levine is there right now. 
one thing now I'm not trying to compare him to MJ, but one thing we, we would always talk about it every offseason was what is MJ gonna do this offseason? How is he going to develop his game? Can he possibly improve anymore? And MJ would find a way. Look at the different ways that Levine has improved just from a year ago. And I'm sure some of it is coaching, but you got to give him the most credit of all. Player clearly willing to buy in. And he took it to another level. But many thought he topped out. Like, hey, this is year seven, man. You're seven in the association. You are what you are by now. You heard that. And Lavina shut all of them up this season. All of them. So I'm so thrilled for him. Just terrific news. I mean, Donovan was going on and on about it the other day. Just the way he handles the ball, pick and roll, how he attacks the basket, his step-back jumper. And when I say seven years, it sounds like a lot. But you have to recall when he was uh, drafted by Minnesota, how young he was. He's still only 25 years old. And there are a lot of different reasons that some players' numbers have gone up a bunch this year. A lot of different reasons. And I'm sure the lack of crowd is part of it. But everybody's playing under these conditions. Just year over year, he's shooting over 43% on threes. Last year was 37.9. Mid-range jumpers, almost 47%. Restricted area, over 66%. On two-pointers, over 57%. Now, the previous six years, he was at 48%. Oh, by the way, he leads the NBA in fourth-quarter scoring. Now, I don't know that he's the number one superstar player that you think about with title-contending teams, but even if he's a two... If you say build around Zach Levine, it doesn't mean that, okay, he's your one, he's your guy forever, and he's untouchable. It doesn't mean that. Just by making this game, it's just just a great symbol for what he's done this season. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. Want to hear from you guys. Has he forced your hand? Are you like, okay, yeah, he's worth it. I wasn't sure about it. He's going to get a max contract. I want it to be with the Bulls. I don't want to see this guy go somewhere else. 312-644-6767. Want to hear from you next. Zach Levine is an all-star. We're talking about it. I'm Joe Ostrowski. This is 670, the score in the radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Me a lot. You know, you just want to be, uh, you know, recognized. You know, obviously, like I told you guys before, I feel like I played at all-star level last couple of years, and I don't think there's people that have had better seasons than me over the last couple of years in the Eastern Conference. But, you know, it comes down to winning, and, you know, you have to show that. You know, I think we're, I'm glad that we're in the hunt, and we've also dropped some games that I think we should have won. So...
Zach Levine the other day before finding out that he is an all-star making his case and best case is the tape man you just turn it on and what he's done this season well deserved Zach Levine making it as a reserve representing the Eastern Conference team LeBron team Durant don't know we're going to find that out March 4th Uh, last year's format was a lot of fun and now the Bulls have a representative so it's going to be even more fun this season. Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, the score, 312-644-6767. That's the number to call and or text. So the first text I get of the night, got to bring this out. Because it's me, let's talk gambling. Why not? Is there an opportunity to make money with Zach Levine for most improved player? Possibly. I was talking about this on early odds on Saturday. Uh, Rick Camp was the guest, and we were just going over the different options. And right now, the heavy, heavy favorite is not Zach Levine. In fact, if I go down, the first four names are not Zach Levine. Jeremy Grant is the heavy favorite at minus 200, meaning you'd have to bet 200 bucks to win 100. Wouldn't uh, waste any money on that. There's no value there. Should he be the favorite? Probably. I know he's on a crap team, but they, he's gone from 12 points per game to 23-24. Sure, some garbage time and even bad teams. They're going to score a good amount of points in games, especially in this NBA. But Jeremy Grant, I understand why he's the favorite right now. Christian Wood of Houston is the second favorite at plus 275. He was the favorite a while ago. Now, he had that red-hot start, but... He's been out so many games. I don't even know if he deserves to be the second favorite. Jalen Brown, plus 650. He's the third favorite. I get it. I get it. Big step forward. But you know what? I compare the Jalen Brown improvement to Zach Levine. So should Zach Levine be 25 to 1? There's some value there. I think he does have a shot. So you can win it a few different ways. You can win it like Jeremy Grant, where you're basically doubling your numbers and you're clearly one of the most improved players in the league. So you can win it that way, or you can be a very, very good player. And then you become a great player, which it looks like Jalen Brown is doing that. Even though the Celtics have been a little disappointing. And Zach Levine's been doing that this year. 312-644-6767. Has Levine changed your opinion of him? Charlie in Lincoln Park, you're up on 670, the score. Hey, Charlie. Hey, Joe. Love the Zach discussion. First and foremost, um, happy for him. He deserves to be an all-star for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, his efficiency is, uh, you know, out of this world. I mean, he's basically undeniable as an all-star. But also the Bulls are winning. You know, and I don't think that can be overstated. And so you asked the million-dollar question, has our opinion changed? I give him credit. I think he's bought in. Obviously, we all know Donovan, huge upgrade. He's a legitimate coach. And so Levine had no choice. But I give him credit. He's bought in. And yet, he has still not changed my opinion of him. And that is, I think he's a one-way player. You know, all the, all the things you mentioned, he improved upon. They ought to see him. It was offense. I think he still leaves a lot to be desired as a defender. And I'll go so far as to say I don't consider him a winning player. You know, maybe that's not fair, but I think that the Bulls winning comes down to a lot more Donovan. You know, even Thaddeus showing just a lot of credit to go around, and it can't be all put on Zach's plate. So 
no, he still has not changed my opinion, and I don't want to pay him max money. I love the fact that he's an all-star, improve that trade value. I'd love to see AK <laughs> put them in the offseason. This is an evaluation dream scenario, right? The Bulls are humming. But, no, Zach still has not changed my opinion, and that is I'm not giving him max money, and I, and I don't consider him a winning player. I'd go so far as to say that. Char- Charlie, let me uh, – you still there? Yes. Uh, let me counter. Uh, do you think Zach Levine – would you consider him a winning player if he actually had a second scorer on his team? No, I, I think his shot selection is, is terrible. I don't think he I don't think he's a natural playmaker. I think he can do it. Obviously his talent is undeniable. His skill is incredible. But I think at this point I do not think that he's a playmaker. I do not think he makes his teammates better. I think the ball sticks with him. I think he's too focused on his scoring numbers. And I mm-hmm. think that he obviously has the capability of playing hero ball and making some highlight reels and winning a game. But just as likely he has the possibility to shoot us out of a game. I mean, how many times has he taken a bad shot? down the stretch that he can make, but he misses, and the game is effectively over. Again, he has not yet changed my opinion, and I recognize how strong his season's been. And so that's, that's, that's sure. where I'm at. Gotcha. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate the phone call. I, I used to be exactly where Charlie's at, and Levine's changed my mind this season, and that's okay too. If you want him to play great, just so you think you can extract as much value as possible in a deal, that's okay. My big argument is it's tough to say he's not a winning player when he's been with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Chicago Bulls so far. That's hard for me to to buy into there. Six head coaches, six losing seasons. Is that all Levine's fault? I don't think so. And we've seen the improvement year after year to season seven and at age 25, there's still a lot of good basketball left in Zach Levine. Not saying he's a one, but maybe he can be a strong two. Maybe. Unless you think this is the ceiling. This is it. That's not bad. Nothing to complain about about being an all-star. There's a lot of players that wish they could have been all-stars. But I do understand where Charlie's coming from. I get it. It seems like part of his case is... Hey, maybe he wouldn't be better with another quality player. And they need to do something. They need to uh, get something for him. Let's talk with Bobby Marks the other day, former Brooklyn Nets general manager on my show, BetQL Daily. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Radio.com. And I asked him what he would do with Levine. You're in a new situation. You have time to build your own team. What would you do? He said, I'd listen. I wouldn't just say I'm going to lock him up, max deal, 100%. I would listen to teams, as would I. The position they're in right now, nobody is untouchable. Nobody. But you've got to be happy for Zach Levine. What he's gone through since he arrived. I mean, he won't say it because he's a classy dude. But Stacy's basically saying it every night on the broadcast. Just about, I mean, these players didn't have a shot with Jim Boylan. And just a difference to Billy Donovan. And not that Donovan's an elite top five coach, but he's he's a pretty good one. He's at least league average, and the stark difference is amazing. 312-644-6767. Chesterton, Indiana, uh, we find Brandon. Brandon, you're on 670. The score with Joe Ostrowski. Hey, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Um, your question uh, about a year ago. 
well, you know, a year ago we had Jim Boylan as the coach. And <laughs> I believe that, you know, and not to bring up bad memories or anything, but Zach's progress or growth was probably stunted uh, with that coaching staff that was there. And you're sure. seeing the maturation of a player here with the kind of coaching that the NBA requires for a team to build with. Now, would you would you build around Zach Levine or would you build with him is the question. Um, the answer is yes. You would want to build with him because he's obviously shown growth, tremendous growth. And, and an all-star selection is an amazing accomplishment for this kid. There's no doubt about it. You just listed all the reasons why his career is kind of stalled. But now that he has true NBA coaching and a staff and an you know and a and an administration there that is gonna is gonna do everything they can to help a player mature into the player that that he is now. You can see that across the board with many of the Bulls players that they're all growing instead of just kind of like potted plants with no light. They are <laughs> definitely they're definitely all moving in the right direction. You know, so building with him is definitely if I if I, I am I'm the GM and I'm obviously not, but you would think that it, obviously you said everybody's uh, you know there's no untouchables and I get that, but when you're talking about building, you know you have some building blocks, you have some foundations, and he is one of the pillars at the moment for building moving forward. So uh, you know to to congratulate him. It's, it's an amazing accomplishment. He's had one heck of a season so far. Uh, the Bulls have played. I mean, everybody can see with their own two eyes. This is a different basketball team. Uh, you can just sense it in the way that they approach each game, night in and night out. Yeah, they've they've thrown up some. They've thrown up some real bad games along the way, but they've also played very very well. Also, and the differences in the coaching staff here. Uh, Zach's been a, a, a direct beneficiary of that, and you know you would you would hope that that would maybe attract some potential free agents. Something that the Bulls have not done in I don't know a decade, really. Uh, uh, you know, to see the kind of coaching and the movement forward in a franchise in what I would say a weak Eastern Conference could potentially you know uh, allow some other interest from other NBA stars to come here and be a part of this you know this this rebirth of the Bulls, if that's what you want to call it. I mean, it's obviously pretty early to say something like that, maybe in general, but they are a much better team now than they were a year ago. And if you asked this question a year ago, do you build with or around Zach Levine? I think everybody would have shrugged their shoulders and said, probably not, uh, you know, yeah. but in one year, the difference that Billy Donovan and his staff and the approach that the organization has taken on building for the future, you see marketable improvement and not just in little spurts here. The Bulls have played pretty well in the last month, and you're just seeing a team that's finally coming together 30 games into a season. I'd like to see what the next 30 are going to bring. Thank you for the phone call, Brandon. Great stuff. Intelligent Bulls fan there. And he's right. He's right. Every big move doesn't have to be about being an all-star starter for 10 years. doesn't have to be about that. 
Now, if you think he's reached his ceiling, he can't get any better, maybe you would consider it. Maybe. And I know a lot of the shows have been talking about it this week. He's a max player. He's going to get max money. The man is an all-star, and he's 25 years old. Doesn't mean I wouldn't listen to any other teams. I'd be open to anything at the very beginning of this rebuild. That's the other part of it. We're, we're going to hear so many people get all hyped up about, do we make a trade? Do we not? Listen, this just started. If they make the playoffs cool, but if they don't make one of those final playoff spots, that's okay too. It is just the beginning. It's fine. So do you really want to give up assets or pass up the opportunity to add a first-round pick or two? If you're moving someone not named Zach Levine? Probably not. Conversation for another day. Just, this is just terrific news for Zach Levine. Again, we're almost at 29 points per game, by the way, with the tear he's going on right now. 28.6 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 5.1 assists. Are those empty calories? When you're watching them, do those feel like empty calories? They don't to me. With the Pistons, Jeremy Grant, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Sure. But not with Levine. Shooting 43% on threes. 66% in the restricted area. His field goal percentage on two-pointers has gone up 10% this year compared to the previous six years. I hesitate a little bit to give too much credit to the coaching because it feels like I'm taking something away from Levine, and I don't mean to do that. But yeah, it was a Mickey Mouse organization. And there were a lot of rumblings in the league with potential free agents. Yeah, I'm not going to play for Jim Boylan. Why would I deal with that? I'm a professional. Can I have a professional head coach? Now the Bulls don't have to deal with that. 312-644-6767. We'll be covering this throughout the evening. You'll be hearing from a lot of different voices. If you're just hopping in your car, Zach Levine made the All-Star team as a reserve. We'll see if he's drafted by Team LeBron or Team Durant on March 4th. So he'll get to participate this year. Felt he was snubbed last year when the game was here in town. But uh, he will participate next season. I mean, uh, coming up in a few weeks. What am I talking about next season? But he's going to participate this time around. It's going to be a lot of fun. Good stuff. Some motivation to watch the game, right? However, I did think it worked out last year. There was some excitement. The last, since they've changed this format. When I say last year, I just get all messed up with everything. (laughs) Coming up next, um, Allen Robinson. What are the Bears going to do? Does anybody know? The two-week tag window has arrived. Do you understand the difference between exclusive franchise tag, transition tag, how much money the Bears actually have? How many players on defense are they going to have to cut loose so they have money to spend on A-Rob and a quarterback? We'll talk about that next. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus will join me. Joe Ostrowski here. You've got 670 The Score in the Radio.com app. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. I mean, it's nothing to take personal, you know, uh, in general. 
you know, and at the same time, you know, I do have a have a great fondness for the city and for this organization. But unfortunately, in a situation like this, it's not the only thing that matters. But again, I mean, like I said, since day one, you know, um, I, I have a ton of respect, you know, for the organization from uh, the McCaskey family, you know, again, from the Peyton family, you know, our front office, our coaching staff and everybody. And you know, I think everybody knows that. But, you know, like I said before, um, you know, sometimes in, in things like this, you know, uh, there are there are more things that that weigh out than not than just more than the fondness or something. Wide receiver Allen Robinson. Should I say Bears wide receiver? Wide receiver Allen Robinson speaking with the Chicago media. Joe Ostrowski with you on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Let's go out to the Alpamati Ford hotline, Alpamati Ford at Melrose Park on North Avenue or apford.com. We uh, bring on to the show our friend Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus at PFF underscore Brad. He can help us out. He's uh, the salary cap analyst over at PFF, so he can explain exactly what's happening. All right, Brad, um, I I know you're a big Bears fan. You have some strong opinions on what the Bears should be doing. We'll get to that in a second, but just can you dumb it down for all of us and explain what happened today, what this two-week tag window means? Yeah, so today was the first day of a two-week window through March 9th. Uh, and typically teams do wait kind of towards the end of that window uh, where teams can basically place either a franchise tag or a transition tag on one player on their roster, uh, one pending unrestricted free agent. Um, And then they have until about mid-July to actually work out a a long-term extension. Um, And if that doesn't happen, then the player has to go ahead and play 2021 on that tag. Okay. So with Allen Robinson, uh, what what would what strategy would you play out? And can you talk about the salary differences between the exclusive franchise tag versus uh, the transition and the rules and all that? Yeah. So the thing with Robinson uh, is that the way the CBA works with franchise tags and transition tags, and regardless of it's exclusive or non-exclusive, is you either get that number, um, the league-wide number, or you get 120% of your prior year's salary, whichever is larger. So for Robinson, his prior year salary, um, if you you know going by the definition in that part of the CBA, is about 14.9 million, which means his franchise tag for him would be 17.88 million dollars, um, and then he has an 100 thousand dollar workout bonus that is still part of the deal. So basically, a hair under 18 million um, will be Allen Robinson's in you know in particular his number, regardless of which tag is used. Amari Cooper. Five for 140 million guaranteed. Keenan Allen, 32 million guaranteed. Annually, he's getting about 20 million. Is this where we should be looking for an A Rob deal? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I apologize. You said what my strategy would be. You know, frankly, I think if I was in charge, this deal would have been done a while ago. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that is the ballpark you're looking at. I think uh, 20 million per year. Um, is kind of the floor that I think he set for himself. I think that Keenan Allen deal uh, shortly before last season kind of stuck out as well, um, which is $20.025 million per year. Um, I think he'll probably look for a shorter deal, uh, maybe four years as opposed to Cooper's five. Um, Allen's was four. Yeah, he's actually still a little bit younger than Allen, but I think he'll want to maybe be able to hit free agency one more time um, in his early 30s. Um, you know, because he still could be playing at a high level then uh, and maybe get one one more final, you know, nice deal. 
Uh, Brad, something that stood out to me when we were at the uh, Final Four in the NFL playoffs, and maybe this is the outlier season, of course you have the the elite offenses left with great quarterback play this season, and, and I'll throw Josh Allen in there too. But something uh, that really stood out, I, I remember in years past, and it was kind of a different NFL then, we would say you don't need a great receiver to uh, to make it all the way in the end. You, you don't need a great receiver to win a Super Bowl. And for many years, that was the case. You wouldn't see the best receivers in the league winning rings. But when you looked up at the Final Four, along with the quarterbacks, um, and I, I just don't want to throw that to the side. That's a big re- reason these receivers are good. But with Buffalo, you've got Diggs. Kansas City, you've got Tyree Kill. Tampa Bay, you've got Mike Evans and Godwin and A.B. showing his value in the big game. Devontae Adams with Green Bay. It's just uh, all of a sudden you look at these teams left in the end and they all had great playmakers on the outside. 100%. And I think that you know, I'm with you in that we've seen many years in the past, and obviously Brady in particular was kind of infamous for never really having, you know, outside of Randy Moss, he didn't necessarily have that number one go-to guy. And I still do think there's a lot of importance and a lot of value in having a secondary and even a tertiary option. Because if you just have one guy, then maybe defenses can key in on him a little bit and take him away. Um, and then, you know, you're maybe not functioning as well as you had during the course of the season. But at the end of the day, yes, these, these number one guys that are true difference makers, um, like a Tyree Kill from a speed perspective or, you know, Devontae Adams, just a dominant physical receiver, they, they really just make things so much easier on the quarterback and they make things so much more complicated for the defense in that even if they don't eat themselves and get their big numbers in every game, the, the attention they command from the defense will open things up for everybody else. Hmm. Joe Ostrowski with Brad Spielberger on Sports Radio 670, the score. Uh, Brad from Pro Football Focus. He's their salary cap analyst over there at PFF underscore Brad on Twitter. So uh, you you want A-Rob back. Bears fans want to see Allen Robinson back. We know they're going to have to add at QB. Hopefully it's not just the number 20 overall pick or second round pick that they are adding in some way. Uh, Can the Bears keep A-Rob, bring in another quarterback, and keep all of their defensive starters under contract? Yeah, so this is kind of interesting in that it provides a bit of leverage for Robinson, I think. So, yes, the franchise tag would be an $18 million, you know, stamp on the 2021 salary cap, and and that's a big number. You know, it could be about 10% of the total cap, you know, depending where that ends up. If they give him, you know, the deal that I discussed, the four years, 80 to 85 million range, you know, 20 million per year or so, they could drastically reduce that first-year cap hit, you know, all the way down to, depending how extreme you want to get, like seven, eight million dollars. So, in theory, saving yourself ten million compared to the franchise tag right there. So, it kind of lends itself to saying, if you really want to be aggressive at quarterback, if you want to make a move like you, you know, rumored to maybe considering Wentz or stuff like that, then then the franchise tag creates more problems and more headaches, and then maybe you do have to kind of make some tough cuts maybe move on from a Kyle Ford, maybe move on from an Akeem Hicks. But if you do go the extension route, then, yeah, they, they are capable of adding a, you know, $20, $25 million quarterback. Um, you know, still would have to make some restructures and stuff like that. But every team in the NFL is facing that reality and is going to have to make some, you know, manipulations and maneuvers. But, yeah, they do have some flexibility, and they can afford to pay Allen Robinson and still, like you said, address the quarterback outside of just letting, you know, a prospect fall to them. 
Brad, what would be the motivation behind Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy collaborating? Because they collaborate, in case you didn't notice. Uh, but what would be the motivation behind them not working out an extension and just tagging him for one year and kicking the can down the road? It's a great question, honestly. Um, and, and I know, I don't know if you saw, you know, a recent article uh, by Tyler Dunn where he kind of interviewed Robinson yes. and talked about this whole saga, you know, kind of the past 365 days, you know, as Alan Robinson said himself, you know, we have 365 days to get this done, I thought. So at this point, it's strange to tell. You know, I've been asked, do you think it has to do with the drop in the cap and stuff like that? Um, but they, they were clearly reluctant even before we knew about that situation. Um, you know, he, he reportedly went to the combine, which is a bit unorthodox for a player himself to show up and be motivated to, to get a deal done. You know, it shows that he maybe would be willing to, I know everyone loves hometown discount, but, you know, just maybe willing to take a deal, you know, below market or slightly below market because he wanted those assurances and, and wanted to feel comfortable and secure. You know, he, he, he tore his ACL in his last contract year. So I think he would have loved to not play 2020 with kind of that looming over his head. So at this point, I really don't know. Um, and I think a part of it, as much as this might be difficult to hear, is that they basically maybe they actually have a better understanding of their roster than they're letting on. And maybe they do think, you know, should we be paying a, a wide receiver 20 million per year when we know we don't have a quarterback and we're running out of good options in free agency or through trades? Um, and so at this point, basically, like, oh, are we facing a you know mini rebuild or whatever you want to call it? And would that be kind of you know impeded by now paying this guy huge money? You got to start to wonder if that's part of the calculus. You really do. Yeah, like Brad, I was trying to come up with some angles about what the Bears have been thinking, why this hasn't gotten done so far, and and that's where I ended up. It wasn't so much about they might blow it all up in a year from now. Who knows if they're if they don't have a winning season? It sounds like if we listen to Bears brass, it sounds like they're going to be moving on from these guys. They've got to improve upon eight and eight. But but I think part of this might be, hey, we've been over the last couple of years a bottom five offense with Allen Robinson. So is he really this valuable? Is he really worth twenty million dollars a year? And I think the crazy thing is, you know, that it seems like that's been in their mind as well. You know, I, I think that, you know, there's been rumblings, uh, you know, I don't know about this, the, the truth to this, but that they also were kind of using volume statistics and stuff like that in negotiations <laughs> kind of against him. Um, when mm -hmm. if you look at it as a percentage of the offense, he's right up there with some of the top guys. So, you know, I, I think it's possible, but I also think they have to realize, you know, imagine if this offense didn't have Allen Robinson. Okay, they'd go from – you know, 25th offense to, to 32nd. So, yes, he didn't make them an elite offense in the NFL, um, but he was by far the most important contributor to that offense, by far the best player on that offense. Um, and, and I think, look, I think I think Darnell Moody and Cole Komet are good players. I really do. I think, you know, maybe Anthony Miller figures things out, whatever. But if you go into 2021 and they don't have this, this dominant target hawk that commands attention, that gets every team's number one corner – all those things, it makes life on them so much more difficult as well, could stunt their growth, things like that. So he just brings so much value um, beyond, yes, just putting up points, which they obviously struggled to do. Um, but I just think that if you didn't have him, it, it could have been a whole lot worse. Were you relieved the Bears did not trade for Carson Wentz? I was, yes. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll be, I'll be honest, I was. You know, I yeah. think – at the end of the day, you know, the package, I will say, the package wasn't terrible um, because I do think, even though everyone's saying it's a foregone conclusion, it's going to be a first from the Colts, 
uh, because it's only, you know, 75% of snaps. Look, if he's not playing well, I think they're going to bench him and avoid it so that it just turns into a current year third and a future second, which is still, look, that's a lot of money. There's $40 million guaranteed that, you know, that's the absolute minimum they can give him. So it is a big risk and it is a big gamble. There's no question about that. And I'm not trying to look at things in a different lens for Ballard as I do pace. But the reality of the situation is they had a potential future Hall of Fame quarterback retire on them at 28 years old and Andrew Luck. They were second in projected cap space this offseason, even making the playoffs. You know, Rivers retires, which they probably thought was a possibility, but there's different context to the move. So it just made more sense for them. And if he's average, they're going to be back in the playoffs again, right? Whereas if he comes to the Bears and is average, they still might not make the playoffs. So, you know, I'm not a huge fan of where he's at in his career from a play standpoint. And then when you bring the money in, um, it just complicates matters even further. So, yes, I was a bit relieved just because I think, you know, the ceiling for him could be relatively high, but the floor is, is clearly very, very low. Um, and I think you might as well just go bargain bin and, and maybe make a move for a guy like a Jameis Winston, even like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, which I know no one's going to like to hear. But if those guys' floor is the same as Wentz and then the ceiling is a little bit lower, but they're going to cost about a quarter of the money, you know, that is where I kind of, you know, where I land. I don't hate those moves. Is that what you would do? It kind of sounds like you can see them making the Fitzpatrick-Jameis Winston move, uh, but would that be – I mean, we're assuming Watson's out. Guys like Dak, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, those guys are out of the picture, unattainable. But uh, is that what you do? You would do the the cheaper route for one year and see if you can catch lightning in a bottle? That's definitely what I would do. Um, And I think, you know, Winston in particular, it's kind of like – the Teddy Bridgewater situation in New Orleans, there's uh, it's, you know, a bit of a conspiracy theory, but kind of the thought is they could have played Winston last year when Breeze went down, and they almost didn't want to lose him in the same way they lost Bridgewater. Um, so let's say the Bears do get him. If he, you know, even if you don't think he's going to be your guy, you don't want to sign him to a long-term deal, even if he plays pretty well, um, you know, he could sign somewhere else and get you a fourth or fifth-round compensatory pick. So there's always, like, value coming back. And then one last piece I think is kind of interesting. I'm trying to learn from the Wentz situation. I think I got caught up in, the, you know, in things as much as anybody else did. Uh, I mean, look, even Schefter and Rappaport were saying a deal was imminent and then it didn't happen for a couple of weeks. So I think right. the rumor mill was really flying there. But I'm starting to think we heard, we've heard a lot about how the Bears have been calling the Raiders. Um, and it seems pretty clear that Derek Carr is not available. Um, so I'm starting to think maybe Marcus Mariota is the guy they're actually calling about. Oh, man. I'm having flashbacks to uh, all the chatter that we were hearing before that draft about Ryan Pace wanting to to trade up for Marcus Mariota. So you think he's still in love? I don't know if he's in love, but <laughs> I, I think he might still be in like. You know, I think he might still be yeah. interested. Um, you know, I know obviously Todd Helfrich's not here anymore in Chicago, but obviously him and, you know, Matt Nagy, you know, he was his first offensive coordinator. Um, so they, they've definitely, you know, done their due diligence. They know who Marcus Mariota is. And I think you probably get him for about a fourth-round pick. Um, he, he costs about $11.35 million. Um, You know, there's a bunch of incentives there, but that's kind of, you know, his value coming to Chicago. And it's the same thing. You bring him in for one year, even if you don't trust the injuries and all of that that comes with him. If he shows flashes, plays pretty well, you know, he'll still be a, what, 28, 29-year-old, former second-overall pick quarterback that someone else could sign. You know, even as a backup they sign, you still get a, you know, fifth-round comp pick there. So, yeah, I just start to look at long-term value and stuff like that. 
um, because you got to start to, you know, cook all that in once the top, you know, top options are, are not there, which like you said, I, I don't think Watson and Carr and those guys, I don't think they're available. Yeah. It, it, a car could be available, but it would be a King's ransom. That's certainly what it sounds like, right? Yeah. Yeah. It would, you'd have to yeah. go, you know, kind of nuclear there and go over the top. Um, and, and also I think if he does get moved, which I don't, I don't think he will, but yeah, if he does, I also think an extension with a new team would be, you know, would happen immediately. Um, and not that you could force it or anything, but I think it would kind of be a foregone conclusion there. So yeah, you're not only giving up a, a big set of picks, but I also think you're, you're pretty much right away going to walk into, I mean, look, he's probably going to sign, whether with the Raiders or elsewhere, you know, around 33, $35 million. I know that sounds crazy, but he's a 29-year-old quarterback who's had, you know, two really good seasons in a row. Um, you know, I think he's got a bit of a cap ceiling, but he's got a pretty darn high floor. Um, yeah, so, so you're, you're, it's, it's a big investment. Brad Spielberger, ProFootballFocus.com, at PFF underscore Brad. Uh, Brad, appreciate you educating all of us on this, and uh, we're going to get jacked about Ryan Fitzpatrick next year. Fitzmagic. That's right. Soldier Field. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. Congrats to Zach Levine. (laughs) Brad Spielberger here at 670. The score. Thank you, Brad. Okay, there's a few things that I want to hit on. We need to follow up on. We need to have a conversation about what Brad just had to to share there, there too. I, I also don't get it. I don't know that a deal gets done between Allen Robinson and the Bears, and if it doesn't, I don't get it, man. Really think it's Allen Robinson's fault this offense isn't scoring points? And those quarterback options. You excited about that quarterback room? Ugh. Talk about that on the other side. Joe Ostrowski here. You've got 670, the score in the radio.com app. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.